What's going on everyone? Joe Rapp here from The Nonconformist. We're kicking off our first interview series today. We're starting to grow the community. So if y'all been following us over the last year and a half, you know, Mike and I have done a good job of doing this whole uh, weekly vlogging and diary of things going on in society, things going on with the economy. Um, but, you know, we've realized that The Nonconformist is more than just us this is a lifestyle so there's plenty of individuals out there that are part of this lifestyle so we're kicking off episode one today Ant, with you as our guest you should feel super special about that i think the relationship we're going to form going forward is going to be pretty good no matter what um but today we're going to be talking about the real agenda some we're just going to be doing a high level overview of what's going on in society what's going on politically economically socially technologically and um and thank you for coming on, man. And, you know, I want you to just kind of introduce yourself a little bit. I know you have a podcast. You're just kicking off Live Above the Norm, which ties into exactly what, what, what we believe in here at The Nonconformist. And we're really approaching this weird spot in society where it's almost like the pendulum swings happening where, you know, conformity is a big thing. And, and whether it's the state, whether it's governments, whether it's someone telling you to no, do what we say, do what we say. There's not a lot of critical thinking, so I'm super excited for this conversation tonight. Um, but definitely let the audience know a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the podcast, too. Yeah. Um, you know, first and foremost, I want to thank you for having me on the show, uh, Joe. It's it's, great, it's a great pleasure to be in a place where we could uh, resonate over the same thing and be on the same page. And I couldn't agree with you more. It takes a certain individual to see things in a clear form. And sometimes our judgment gets clouded by the things that we see, hear, feel, or are used to being around. So my podcast is basically about taking it to yourself, a level where if you are the best you that you can be, then you can offer the best you that you can be. And why give everyone else half of what you have to offer? So you kind of got to love yourself. You know what I'm saying? You got to put yourself first and you kind of grow into something that can lead by example because along the way, you're going to go through a lot more obstacles than, you know, you, you feel if, if you understand what I'm saying. Because everyone knows that when you try to put growth and change together, uh, you're going to get a lot of opposition from those that don't believe in, in what you're doing. So those are the things that I try to share with, the things to look out for, the flags, energy, motivation. It has a couple of chapters. So right alongside of what you're saying, except that. Your, your guys are more technical, you know, on, on the things you say. I, I, I deal more with the behavior and the psychological development as a whole, you know, with the health, you know, added to the to the regimen. So, yeah, this is where we at. Yeah. So we're we're so let's kick it off with the political side of that then, too, because like a lot of what what you're saying is tying into how politics are really starting to shape society. Like a lot of what Mike and I have been covering is this whole shift and transition of world powers you know, we're also seeing uh, the like what we could dub as the technocrats. So the revolving doors move from Washington, D.C., uh, from Wall Street now to Washington, D.C. and Silicon Valley. And um, a lot a lot of a lot of what we're seeing in technology now is really like swaying the minds of people. And, you know, you are, mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of these political figures now that are looked at as almost like these these demigods right like people look up to these individuals and stuff and um you know i'm just curious to get your take on even from this political environment where you just see things kind of going and where they're at right now from your observation yeah your philosophy I, 
Yeah, well, well, look at it like this. Um, it's not much different from the way it has been for a long time, except that the exposure is there. Thanks to our former uh, commander-in-chief, he made it legitimate for everyone to be an asshole. Um, and so the truth came out in the worst form possible. So you have people that are stressed out. You have people that don't have any answers. You have a divided country, which is not just Republicans versus Democratic. You have men versus women. You have young people versus older people. You have those that are intelligent and feel like they're on an above level versus those that are remain to stay ignorant. And the list goes on and on and on. We were already a divided country to begin with. So now why not just take that and then let's not forget the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, come on. It's the exposure that made the difference and technology had a lot to do with it. You know, cell phones, everybody's on their phone, everybody's doing the same thing. We've heard this all before. This is not new information. But in a business point of view, through the capitalism ways and, and marketing strategies, they used to concentrate a lot more on demographics. And now it's not just about demographics, it's psychographics. It's now behavior, not just an orientation of class or suit. Now it's what do we what do we have to do to get these people to buy more? Fill the brain with more nonsense because right now everybody's playing the sheep, and that's the masses mm. for you. And I don't I don't I don't follow the masses. I follow the elite. I follow those that are not afraid to live above the norm. That's the name of my podcast. Live mm. above the norm. Take a step up. You know, in in the next you know question. Stop being afraid to step up and say, you know what? I, I, I'm not feeling that. That doesn't sound right to me. Why is everybody agreeing with everyone? Because everyone is in a consensus. Everyone has been taught how to be like everyone else. No one, even through the school system, you know, the curriculum teaches you to be a follower and a worker for someone, not, not to be a leader, not to be an entrepreneur, not to take chances. Take that combination with the, the the what the normal human being finds every day, which is fight or flight every day. We, we either we're gonna run or we're gonna face it, and you know it all boils down to courage. We have lost our courage as a whole. We lost our courage. We don't want to do anything. We're waiting for things to happen. Come in the mail, a stimulus mm. that that comes every seven months. And what what do you get? Like a hundred and eighty five dollars a month. Like what are you doing with that? Like are you? So everybody's waiting for something to happen. Nobody's being proactive. Everybody's talking, but their actions are not meeting their mouth. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm coming from. That's my mm -hmm. take on all this. And we're just getting started because <laughs> we could go on and on with this, you know? So, so, and do you think that um, it's being done on purpose? The whole, you know, paying the stimulus checks, having people pretty much depend off of, you know, the, the, the government. And I'm not just saying, you know, certain classes of people. I'm just saying as a society, you know, it seems that the answer now is the government just cut checks every month so that, you know, we could keep moving. I don't know where the hell we're moving to because it looks like we're stagnant, but it looks like that's been the answer over and over. It's like, well, let's try to cut these checks out. And, you know, what's the purpose of that? You think there's a certain purpose aside from what they're saying, which is, you know, they're saying they're trying to help us and all of that. But at the same time, is it they're, they're trying to accustom us? to be more dependent off of the government and less independent and more and less, you know, um, you know, less of a go getter, less of an entrepreneurial spirit minded type of a person. Do you think that's the case? 
I, I think it's part of a hidden agenda, which is which is oppressing people with limited funds and conditioning them to to wait for things to happen. Um, it's what's the difference between a stimulus and welfare? Like, what is the difference between food stamps and the stimulus? Nothing mm. except that you have it's a certain class that gets it. You're saying you have to have look. Here's, here's the problem. The problem is that what we're doing in society is creating a lot more lazy people. And, and by creating more lazy people, what do people do with that stimulus money anyway? They're going to go on QVC. They're going to buy um, this new blender, right, to make smoothies, right? Like, like these new breakfast smoothies and these powerful smoothies. But what they're doing is doing piña coladas and cobito. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And... and, and they're not, they're not following up on the things they're saying because they're so conditioned to be full of themselves that they become full of it. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So narcissism was accepted last year by many. Some people still live by that code and find that that's acceptable. It's, it's not because it's all part of the hidden agenda. Of course, I agree that if that's what you guys are saying, then I agree 100% without a doubt. There's a hidden agenda here. We can go all the way to... Um, the supersized sodas. How are we selling 64 ounce sodas when these things can actually clean rust off metal? Like, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, who's regulating this? The yeah, same people that are not paying taxes, that are, that are donating money and to the lobbyists and everybody who's we know the deal. We know yeah, the deal. Yeah, one of the things that you know we're seeing right now is uh, you know, a shift. Number one, we see the wealth gap as bad as it's been since the 1920s and 1930s. So there's this there's this disparity in the, it's the fight of the has versus the have nots, right? Like the fact that in 2020 during pandemic, you know, your billionaires got 25 percent richer while the rest of the 90 percent uh, got poorer is showing that there's there's is a broken system. What we've talked about a lot is even how the money, the currency itself you know, has when you don't have hard money like gold or money that preserves its value in time, you have this soft money like dollars, this paper money, euros that's existed since like 1971. And once we broke away from the gold standard, you, know, you had this form of money where the corporations and the banks and the governments all together are able to uh, collude and create a community and, and, and this cantillon effect where you know, the Federal Reserve is the one that creates the money and you have the corporations and the executives are the next down that have access to that first money. And it doesn't actually trickle down to Main Street. And what it's done is it's created this kind of vicious cycle where it incentivizes uh, corruption, fraud. And then it, and then and then now we're seeing technology that's creating the person into the consumer. Um, we're seeing these weird shifts. And then you know, this isn't the first time this has happened in society either. You know, it's all cycles like, uh, you know, Mike, we were talking before this about uh, that book, The Brave New World. Right. And this is what what was written in the 1930s. And they kind of saw this whole kind of uh, uh, consumer mentality and, you know, what what happens when when the, the state is able to actually monetize the person individually. Uh, yeah, the state becomes the parent. The state becomes God, and everybody pretty much depends off of the state. And everyone consumes and and creates just to consume. And it's you know it's a cycle, but it's like a it's a smoother cycle than what we have right now. If we have some freedom, it's dissipating, but we still have that freedom. 
you know, that story of like the Brave New World is similar to where we're going to right now. You know, something that Ant mentioned, you know, he was mentioning demographics and psychographics. And then I know you said age, right? We have the old timers with the new, you know, the new school. They're, they're warring. Yeah. So something I came across, I was reading about how people might be able to live like, you know, past 150 years old. These next, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, our lifespan might be increased dramatically. And then with that thought, I was like, oh, shit, if that is the case, then, you know, people like a Jeff Bezos, you know, Elon Musk or, you know, royalty, Saudis, people like that, you know, the ultra powerful ones on the top, the Rothschilds, all that. They if they could live to the age of 180. Right. Like, let's say Jeff Bezos, he could he you know, he could come and live until 180. We in our lifetime will be able to see the first multi-trillionaires in history. They will be able to set themselves up for the next couple of generations to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate without any, you know, any gatekeepers in the way because government is supposed to be the gatekeeper, but we fucking know it's not the gatekeeper. Mm -hmm. We know they're not the gatekeeper. They're literally the ones that, (laughs) they're the gatekeepers against us. When we are trying to go up there, right, they, they, they block us. But when they're going and they open, you know, Mr. Bezos, please come right in. You know, that's how that works. But what I'm seeing, if that's the case, we're going to really have a class warfare. And it, and then the class warfare is not going to be just class. It's going to be an age class warfare. Well, you're going to have people in their 20s fighting with people in their 150s. Because when a person's 150 and they've been able to accumulate generational uh, you know, amounts of wealth for so many years, imagine the, the divide. Mm. That's where you get totalitarianism, corporatism. <laughs> If we think things are bad now, and I know I sound crazy, I, this is gonna be this is this is paradise to what it could be. This is paradise. So, well, that that kind of leads us into the economical side. Then you know, kind of moving on for you know what's really going on from the agenda perspective is, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about the political realm, but the fact is is that you know politics have changed you know in the last 150 years, and you know politics today isn't. It isn't just governments; it's shadow governments, and then, but it's really the corporations, right? You talk about like Jeff Bezos again. Amazon's a multinational corporation, so they have no allegiance to one country. They have no allegiance to, you know, to they're not they're not American. They're multinational, and you know, there's this small group of individuals that are able to control and accumulate that wealth. Um, but one of the things that we've talked about maybe changing going forward would be something like Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies kind of shaking up this whole whole scene and everything. And I mean, I don't know if you've heard of Bitcoin at all. I don't know if you've messed with Bitcoin. Like, I don't know if you have any opinions on any of that stuff. But like, you know, from an economic <laughs> perspective, where are you at with it? Where are you at with all this stuff? Where the where dollar's at, you know? Um, I, I can tell you this much. I had a lot of opportunity to jump on Bitcoin, but I didn't feel that it was stable enough. Um, I think that's what you call volatile or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it doesn't. Um, it's like an interest rate. You don't want you don't want fluctuating interest rate. Anything you do, you want to know exactly what you're paying and make payment on the interest. You know, that way, if you if you decide to pay interest first, then you can save some money. You know, by eliminating some of that interest. Um, but in this case, you don't have any control over it. So it's hit or miss. You know, 
Um, to the Bitcoin, I, you know, going back to the point with Jeff Bezos, uh, I, I think what they did is take advantage of the slowness of the inflation, the slowness of the economy. You know, I, I think that the dollar was stuck in limbo. Like, you know, paper doesn't hold as much weight. You know, we had this conversation before about uh, gold interest going back to the way things were trading gold and silver and how these things have escalated as well. But I think that what these guys have done is mastered the inefficiency of the government to make a move. You know what I'm saying? So what they did was they say, you know what? Nobody's making a move. Um, let's all make a move. And that's exactly what they did. I think that they banked on not paying taxes by creating jobs. I think that they they all did this on purpose and created and was part of the lobbying for these loopholes to actually exist. It goes even further than that. It wasn't just them being lucky and saying, you know, we have lawyers that are looking for gray areas so we don't have to mm -hmm. pay our taxes. So going back to Bitcoin, I believe that now the banks are recognizing them more, a little bit more in the United States as opposed to how they were using them in Europe before. And everybody kept on telling them, hey, come on, jump on the bandwagon, jump on the bandwagon. And people were like, no, I lost a lot of money, I lost a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, pow, right? Mm -hmm. From one Friday to the next. But I think that when it comes to Bitcoin and, and, and stocks, I think it's all driven by media um, events that happen, like little events, stupid stuff, distractions, and and all these things that happen that make the, the market go up and down and make it seem like it's actually moving when it's not. It's been stagnant forever. And, and it's just people that are scared and they're selling their stocks early. And yeah, it, I think it started getting crazy when they started dividing the Bitcoin into little pieces. I think now you can buy little pieces of stock, like a tenth of a stock or a fifth of a stock. That's when they started making things a little too complex. Yeah. If you ask me. One of the things we've seen happen this past week is this whole uh, Robin Hood coalition with GameStop you know you got the <laughs> younger generation now that has rallied on a social media application and and has you know taken on the hedge fund and because they've been able to communicate with each other so fast and build up this like small group tribe of people to buy the stock you know they're able to get these price movements now and it's going to be interesting I think to see like this younger generation kind of fighting against the older generation while we have this the weird thing that happens with the currencies, you know, wherever the dollar is going to be in the future, and then you got the Bitcoin and the new, this new whole tech boom and stuff, um, you know. But we are seeing that that fight between definitely between the old, the old and the young, and um, you know the technologies. Well, I, I guess if you look when we were young, when I was young, um, I looked at technology at 2020. We we're supposed to have flying cars. I mean, that's that's what I thought. Um, but now we're at a point where this is a different perspective. If we go all digital, who does that hurt? Again, the poor people. Why? Because half of them are not going to qualify to be digital because they have some type of a account discrepancy and they don't know how to fight it. So their money gets lost. If cash goes away, that only hurts the, the middle income and lower. Everyone else benefits from a digital world, which is, which is what they're pushing to do. And they're doing this fast. And the problem is that the younger people are trying to tell the old people, like they're trying to get the old people out of Congress, the old people out of out of seats. They're also trying to get the old people who run the, the businesses and, and our CEOs and CFOs of companies that do things in an old way. Um, and, and the problem is that we can't move so fast where we give them, the young people, what they want and they're not ready 
to facilitate the technology that comes with these changes. You know what I'm saying? So, which which comes with what? With glitches, and it comes with hacking, and and then what happens if our entire economy is digital and something happens digital-wise? Mm. What happens? Think about that. What do we that have? Is, that is a good point. That could happen, especially when we have a world that keeps growing nuclear-wise, right? You just one That's nuclear bomb would just detonate over any country, and that will just break down the power grid. And there is an issue with that. Uh, you know, I, I just think they keep kicking the, you know, it's like kicking the rock forward, you know, mm -hmm. just like kicking it, just kicking the can kicking down. Kicking the can the down street. the road. Yeah, that's what they're freaking doing. And um, it's true. Um, I think it goes back to also classes, right? Um, you know, we once we move into a digital age, you know, the ones that do get left behind were the ones that weren't even able to actually learn about what digital is. You know, yeah, we all know what digital and analog is, but I'm just saying the word, the concept of that world that we live in. No, you know, a lot of people don't understand how cryptocurrencies work. So that, you know, then the government comes and tries to shove down our throats, let's say a cryptocurrency that they come up with. Mm -hmm. How are people going to adapt to that? You know, it just looks like it's like, well, if you can't adapt to it, you get left behind. And it goes into like this Freudian type of mentality, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, the yeah. strongest is the one that survives. And I think that's wrong. If we want to call this a society where we're civilized, then we should be able to, you know, grandfather people in somehow. But we're not. You know, literally, look what happened in New York. We were killing off our freaking seniors. Look what happened when the coronavirus came, right? Freaking all these, you know, nursing homes, people were dying like crazy. What that showed is that the government and a lot of the people in our society don't give a fuck about the older generation. That's wrong. You know, in China, people like to criticize China and all of that. But China, one of the main things in their society is always to take care of their adults, their seniors, their parents, their grandfathers and grandmothers. That shows Absolutely. part of their character. Hmm. We are the total opposite. This is like, well, they're old, just kick them to the curve. That we're starting to see in our society more and more. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite us in the ass. Hmm. And, you know, it's, well, it is what it is. But we got to do something about that. Well, you also got to understand which of the older population we're talking about. Are we talking about the ones that conform or are non-conformists? You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, it could go even further than that. And and Unfortunately, and the conformists are brainwashed, and that's an issue, right? We, we, we exactly. have a brainwashed society with this freaking CNN and Fox and MSNBC, New York Times, Facebook now. It's, it's like, Jesus it. Christ, we're hypnotized society. What's going on, man? Like, this is why it's good to have that we have podcasts. Like, you got your podcast, we got our podcast. People mm -hmm. are starting to do this because we need alternate ways of thinking. Because we need to, is we need to detox. We need a freaking detox, man. That's, that, that's a good word. That's a good word. And people don't know how to detox. It's a very good word. You know, I think um, they're very intoxicating. Absolutely. Di dialogue is something definitely you know needed now. Being able to speak and with that messaging. So, and before. Um, you know, we, we were talking about how, like, how do you get information across to people who might be consumed in, in the media and all the propaganda that exists and stuff. And, you know, I know with myself, I, I try to, and again, I try to, I try to not like come off like with a curveball at people about maybe, you know, maybe I hear them talking about, you know, their feelings, how they feel and stuff. And, and I, I, I just want to bring them back down and balance the, the, the situation a little bit more and building context to 
you know, spark a conversation and dialogue about, you know, should it really be this way? Or, you know, what if this happens? How about it this way to open up the conversation? You can't really have that now. But but how how do you get across to people where you make information resonate, like where you try to talk about, you know, all this stuff, whether it's inspirational stuff, whether it's, you know, the reality, the truth of the world, you know, the real agenda? How do you break across mm-hmm. to people? Well, you know, it, it's funny because it's not just one way of doing it. Um, I remember when I was a door-to-door salesman, the first thing that they tell you is look inside the house. You know, as soon as you get a peek inside the house mm-hmm. and they open the door, look and see if they're family people. Look and see if there's trophies. Look and see if there's diplomas. Look look and see. You know, you can tell so much just by one peek inside of someone. So the moment that someone gives you a peek, you have to use something that relates to them. You have to make them feel comfortable. And this problem that... um. It's a different type of comfort that I'm that I'm after. It's not the comfort that you're looking for, because the comfort you're looking for is the stagnant comfort. My comfort is more like finding comfort and being proactive. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has a story. And mm-hmm. if you you can look to the left, you can look to the right, you have to know someone that ha- that knows someone that has been affected by this COVID or one way, shape, or form, either through business, either through loss of life, either through loss of income. Look. My relationship went haywire because of it. Now I ha- now I have a great relationship because of it because we had to separate ourselves because we were bumping heads. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody's happening. That's why there's so much domestic violence right now. That's why there's so much uneasiness. But that's only because people are getting to start to know who they are actually with because they're spending more time at home than ever. And it's driving people crazy because that's not the life that they want to live. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I try to do is try to tell them, Find a reality within yourself. Find, you know, like you have to start like wanting your needs. You can't have them separated. You can't have your wants and your needs separated. Right. You got to make them one. You have to want your needs. Take care of yourself. Like I said before, be a better you so that when you offer it to someone, they know that it's genuine. Because if you can't teach energy and feeling vibes from someone and you give off nasty vibes, you, you know what I'm talking about. When you meet someone for the first time, Sometimes you get this vibe or someone walks in the room, they just light up the room. Yeah. And, and the same thing, you know, the same thing is when, when you're not getting a good vibe from someone, it's like, what the hell is wrong with this? Like, why do I feel like this? It's because you're around something that doesn't suit you. And, right. and if you think like we all should be thinking above the norm, then you start practicing these things and you start leading by example and you start finding and recruiting people just like you because you can't save everybody. You know what I'm saying? But you got to find people that are just like us because that's the only thing that's going to save us. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody is on the same page. People are very comfortable being ignorant and having arguments about things that they have no clue about. So, again, it's all about facts. It's all about being keeping it real. It's all about finding a consensus with yourself first before you go try to, you know, I, I can't have a conversation with you about something that I don't know then it wouldn't be a conversation. This would be more like me taking an opportunity to learn from that conversation. See, that's, that's the problem, that there's always a, a gain in everything you do, but people don't think like that anymore. They're, they're waiting for us to just hand it over. It's coming in the mail. It's going to grow on a tree. Don't worry about it. Weed is legal. We're going to grow a plant and all, all these. It's, it's a very difficult situation, but it starts with yourself. You know what I'm saying? If you believe in it, then the person around you will start believing it eventually, and then you'll create, you know, a, a pattern of positive energy and so forth. That that's basically how it works. And and it's it's undeniable. Yeah. Mike, it's crazy. It goes back to like Huxley. You know, we talked about that right before this, and that's all I can keep thinking about right now. 
is like this yeah. this this future world of just like consumption and you know an overindulgence and then it like totally throws off our egos and then you know you get into this weird like hive mind and then group think and all this like weird it takes us away from like who we are as humans you know i even noticed that with like because we've done a lot like we med- i did a lot of meditation last year a lot of the mindfulness stuff and it seems like anything that takes you out of the moment out of that present moment and put your mind into this alternative state of worrying about the future or worrying about something that has it's totally irrelevant to your life today you know it totally throws you out of whack and it's like only you know Ugh. humans i don't know you know humans i just don't think we're you know really even conditioned to be this way and mike we talked about it as well in the past about you know how like this whole add or adhd thing but like the fact is that the human brain can't take all the stimuli that it gets this yes yeah, so we're bombarded and you know what and another thing that it, it makes sense from what you know you're saying joe what you're saying and you know um think about this right we have been through gen of uh, let's say since the 40s right World Wars ended in 1945 since then we've been living in a society that's been getting better and better and better right better better as in that we have it easy we have it easy we you know right now we're on a computer we're having our drinks we're you know we're in safety we have food in our fridge we live a good life and you know we worry a little bit but is the worry as great as it was for our grandparents or great grandparents Hmm. no they those people really worried right the difference there was that you had you know you had hard times created hard people which created hard people created good times but then good times create soft people Mm. and we are in the soft people and what do soft people create bad fucking times and that's where we're headed and i think it's probably good that we're headed that way that's it's true right it's a cycle it's a cycle it's a cycle it is well even even think about it like think about like your, your your grandparents and like i know my grandparents they they really busted their ass for almost nothing. And their parents in Puerto Rico, they, they lived in, in, you know, in poverty. And they were always just worried about just what they're going to eat next, right? Mm-hmm. And it was hard work. And there was no time to just contemplate about life and about society. No, everybody was working to eat. Everybody was helping each other to make sure that the community they lived in had food. Everybody was helping each other. And that was the thing, surviving. And then everybody, that's all they were freaking doing. And what that what that created, it created a good society because things got better because they worked so hard. They got dirty. Their hands got grimy. They got some, you know, they got some, some strength. They had some scars. But now we came, you know, more, we're in this generation of soft people. Mm. You know, these people, especially the new generation. Right, I was born in the 80s. I grew up in the Bronx in the 80s, which wasn't easy. You know, in the 90s, then I moved to Puerto Rico, and Puerto Rico wasn't easy at all, neither. You know, and it was tough. But now this generation doesn't have any of that. They have safe spaces, which, you know what, safe spaces is great. I, I believe that people shouldn't be bullied and all that. But at the end of the day, there, there's there's that's a dangerous place to be because it does not teach you how to be resilient. And that's where we're freaking at. Stand up for yourself, yeah. You know what, let me... Let me... Let me piggyback on that because you're just opening up a can of worms right now. All right, check this out. <laughs> All right, so let's let's start off with the the we had this point before, and let me bring it let me bring it back. The old school 
person would say, man, I busted my ass for 40 years. I worked for the same guy, and uh, and I never missed work, and I don't care if it was snowing or those crocodiles. I'll kick a crocodile and swing by the tree and, and walk 10 miles in the snow. Remember those stories? And, and, and he would say all that and think that someone's going to be proud, but the millennial will come and go, well, who told you to do that? <laughs> who, who, who told you to work for the same guy and stay doing the same thing for 40 years? You didn't think about being a manager? You didn't think about moving lateral and then moving across? How about a matrix system? You know, <laughs> these kids nowadays, they might be sassy, but they're not us. We ask a question, we get slapped in the face. They ask a question, we're a little bit more down to earth than our parents. So think about the reasoning here. So when my daughter comes back at me and says, but daddy, blah, 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 I go, you got a point there. You got a point there. You see, and this is what you're talking about. Good turns into bad, bad turns into good, and the cycle, so look at this cycle now. If we don't start listening to these kids, these are the kids that came out and voted um, last year. It wasn't, it was, it was. Start getting it right here. These kids are mad. You know what I'm saying? They're pissed off. They're tired of the old ways. They're, they're tired of the old, we got to do this this way. Of course it works. But what does it create? It creates a lot of monotonous living. It's the same shit wherever you go. You understand? So these kids are now asking questions, and they have every right to question us because we're messing this thing up. You understand what I'm saying? So they, they, yeah. they, they have to ask questions. And my daughter, look, my daughter is 16. Come on, man. She's in high school. My son is 32. That's a big gap. You understand? So that's a whole different, almost genre era right there that we're talking yeah, that's about. A, that's a whole different, that's a whole different thing, man. So I have two different conversations with, with my kids and my your, grandkids. Your daughter was 12. born after 9-11. She didn't even live to 9-11, right? That's a different listen, world. Listen, oh my God, I have no answers for her because of her style of questioning. It kind of makes a person tense. You understand what I'm saying? Because they come right at you. They go, well, why'd you do that? And like, because that's how I was taught. To <laughs> well, because we came from a different generation, yeah. which was, it had, you know, it was tough. It was tough. Well, when we were coming up, it was tough. We were, we were like, we're the buffer. We're the buffer, right? Think of it. Like, think of your parents, your grandparents when they came, right? Think about the generation you're living in. Think about the generation your daughter's coming up. You're the in-betweener of two different worlds, from the analog to the digital. You're right but, in the middle. But, but, but it still takes a certain person to say things are not right. You understand what I'm saying? It still takes a certain person to reach a consensus within himself. And this is where we're going right back to the individualism. You know what I'm saying? In order to, in order to make something strong, the foundation has to be strong. And if it has to do with human beings, every individual has to play their role and their part. And what that is, is by indulging in knowledge and stop with the with, with the bullshit and, and the false propagandas and, and the lies and, and the leading and the steering. And, and like you said, the news. Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? That's the issue, man. That is the, the only way to reach them is through action. Through action. You asked the and question before, Joe. The only way to reach people is through action. Your actions have to not only match your words, they have to surpass your, your words. You know, mm. you have to be a person that that is ready to be questioned, like like we're questioning each other at any time and say, listen, like you you have to be accountable for the things you do. I mean, there's just so many different things and so many responsibilities. 
and, and people have given up. They've given up. That's what it is. They're scared to face the truth. Remember what I said? Scared, which is courage. We talked about that before. Courage. We've lost our balls. You know what I'm saying? And and he, he said it first. But, you know, it's not the same thing as in sports where now you can't hit with the head. You know, we're trying to get save these players with the concussions. I get that. Um basketball you could you can't even foul anyone or, or even whisper in their ear because they, they call a foul i get all that that's to, that's to protect the player we're not talking about that we're talking about when we started giving trophies to kids just for participating that's what we're talking about you know what i'm saying we when we started glorifying being overweight and i'm not being nasty or mean to anyone out there i want you to know this okay i got your back 100 percent. but being obese is a responsibility as self as a self responsibility. You know what I'm saying? You have to realize what you're doing. You're, you're not consciously thinking because you're just watching TV, eating chips, not doing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's it shouldn't be allowed. You know what I'm saying? The government is at fault. I say that 100 percent because they allow these things to exist. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And they, only because they take a chunk of donations and money and sponsorship and Look, man, we live in a society where we are, look, all right, the way we grew up, I grew up, I grew up idolizing people like Scarface because I grew up in an impoverished, you know, ghetto hood. So Scarface, you know, Al Pacino played Scarface and he was this big Cuban drug dealer and blah, 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 blah. And, and that's who you want to be. And I'm like, but wait a minute, how the hell do you want to be someone that at the end of his story, they kill him? Think about who we analyze, who we grow, you know, who we glorify, and who right. the people that we watch. Like, I want to be like him, but why? You should be being yourself. You know, you, right. it's it's easy to be anybody. You're an actor, right? So how about you? You. Right. It's you, probably be, it's probably because a lot of you know youngins, like I even myself when I was a kid, you're trying to figure out who who you're supposed to be because. You are being taught in school to be something you're not. Like you start to understand in school, you're doing things, you're studying things that you don't like. You're being forced to think to conform. Your parents they conformed, so they're trying to teach you the same thing that the teachers are teaching you. And something inside of your gut doesn't jive, and you just start becoming something you're not. And this is this is what pisses me off about school, right? I feel like they come and they take a they take a beautiful child that is imaginary, right? They're always thinking of like all types of things. It could be, every, yeah, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a judge, I'm this, I'm that. And then they go to school and little by little, they chip away at that. It's like, you know, that's not, that's not right. You should be this, you have to do that. And once they graduate high school, if they graduate high school, they don't even know what the hell to do with themselves, right? It's a there's no breakdown of identity. There's no, there's no, there's no guidance counselor, there's, there's no assessment test to show kids what they're good at because nobody's paying attention and nobody cares. You understand? That's the issue. I didn't know what I didn't. You know what? I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was 46 years old. I'm 51 right now. And But but I kept telling myself in my head, I said, nothing's going to be serious until I reach the age of 46. And guess what happens when you keep telling yourself something, right? 
That's when I started losing weight. I stopped smoking cigarettes. I started drinking. I started bugging out. I started, I started hanging out. Started focusing. I started focusing on school. Started getting educated. Bachelor after bachelor, master after master after master. And here we are. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because I programmed myself to know that I wasn't going to be mature enough to handle my success when I was younger because I would have blew it all. I know myself. I knew how I was, and I knew I wasn't ready to create any type of sustainability whatsoever because I wouldn't know what to do with success and riches if it, if it would have ever came. So that's what I tell people all the time. It's not that I was ever afraid of failing. I was always afraid of success. And people always say, no, it's the other way. No, no, listen, I was afraid of success because I knew what came with success, how people cling on to you when you're doing good you know, like like they, you you get this new crowd of people that are that, that have never been there before, and when you go through the struggles, they're not there helping you out. You know, they're actually laughing at you and kicking you when you're down and throwing you under the bus. It's not until you start actually making some positive moves that they come and they say, "Listen, I'm going to jump on board with you." Like, hey, time out there. We're going to talk about this. You understand what I'm saying? Where were you when I needed you the most? So these are the things that I try to teach people to recognize. We're all being fooled. We're all being taught things to become part of the masses. Um, there, there's no individualism. If you want to talk about what kind of society we need right now, we need everybody to do what they're supposed to do on their own right now. We know, stop worrying about everybody else. You know, stop counting everybody else's pennies. You know, stop with this why me, why not me attitude, and why not just do it for yourself? Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we live in a society now where we're wishing and we're praying and we're hoping, and we got to stop doing this because we have the tools that we need in order to succeed, but you know, again, it starts with the mindset, and everybody's mind is totally out of whack right now. I agree with you both. This is crazy. Yeah, this is this is absolutely yeah. bananas. So we'll we'll leave this on a positive note then. So going forward, then what 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 advice would you give? I mean, I know we covered a lot of it. Like you know, definitely, you know, stop blaming yourself. Stop doing all this, but. Now, going forward over the next year, I think a lot of people are going to be looking for, uh, you know, for for uh, guidance on on what they should be doing. I think now, though, it's interesting because now that people find that, you know, your comfort job that you thought you had forever, you don't have forever. The pink slip comes just like mm -hmm. it does anytime else. You know, they realize that, you know, they see that. Um, hey, guess what? You know, you used to think that it was a perfect world where you could talk your mind, and now you find that if you if you say the wrong thing, you know, you get scrutinized for it. But I mean, what what advice do you have for the nonconformists out there? Because it's gonna it's a different world now. There's a lot of censoring. There's a lot of all this different stuff that's happening. We're trying to create a community of uh, dialogue. You know, you know, different different approaches, different people for this reason. But you know, what guidance do you have for? For the for the person over the next year here or so here. Okay, well, what I can say is, as an individual, of course, come and subscribe to my podcast. Omega Enterprises is called Above the Norm. Mm -hmm. um, start off with trying to identify levels where you can categorize things and realize that you might be doing too much in certain situations and you might not be doing enough. So a sense of urgency is important when you do things. You know, this is where anxiety comes from, which I believe a lot of anxiety is a lot of uh, things that are hypothetical, things that we implant in our own head instead of the what ifs and the maybes. We've got to stop focusing on those things. 
stop stop thinking about the past. You should only go back to the past to reflect on things if you're going to learn something from it. If people don't believe that you move on, then you need to move on because just as much as you don't need people hating on you, you don't need, you know, a, a bad audience. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't you need people to stand behind you. Also understand that memes Things that you watch on social media are not going to help you, but so much. You know, you would have to keep reading every single meme that you read in order to get that energy together. It takes you to get up, do something, create a bowel movement. I, I refer to this thing called flush your mental toilet, that when your mind gets overloaded with stuff, you have to take a time out and realize that you have to flush your mental toilet before you carry on any other conversation with someone else because you're bringing all that luggage and all that extra weight with you so you have to learn how to empty you know the garbage can you know get, get rid of all that stuff you know maintain your relationships but it's all about you you know healthy eat a little better eat a little less you know shake your butt a little bit dance you know like feel alive you know like don't have too many expectations you know i mean we can go on and on but it starts with you that's yeah. what i can say for you guys that's, Excellent. That's the truth, Ant. So, where, where where can they find you again? Um. Well, you can go straight to the YouTube channel, uh, which is Olmiga Enterprise H O R M I G A Enterprises, uh, and the uh, podcast is called Live Above the Norm. We also got another show coming up called Olmiga on the Move that we're dropping another one soon, and I'm hoping to do a whole bunch of projects with. People just like these guys, because these guys, to me, they keep it real. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here, because that's all about what we're about. We're about facts, positive vibes, and original artistry. So that's where we're at. That's right, man. Awesome. Y'all know, find the links in the comments in the description section. Subscribe. And all right, Ant, we'll have you back on soon, man. Can't wait for it. Appreciate awesome. you guys, man. God bless, man. Awesome. Same here.